It's Adasha Townsend of the Feast and Fashion Podcast. I'm a veteran food and beverage journalist who's worked with some of the most notable media outlets in the world. Feast and Fashion is the intersection of food and fashion, one beautiful plate or a glass at a time. With each episode, I will introduce you to fascinating, fabulous people in the culinary industry. Today, Chef Shanari Freeman joins me. She's also known as Shanari Green's and she is executive chef of Cadence, a new plant-based restaurant with Southern Soul in New York's East Village neighborhood. At Cadence, Chef Shinari taps into her Virginia upbringing and vegan ethos and spotlights Southern food ways and soul food through the lens of health and sustainability. Welcome, Chef Shinari. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's good to see you. Thank you, thank you. Your restaurant was, it's like an instant hit. Cadence has just been an instant hit. Did you expect this to happen? Um, Not this big. I I knew it would definitely attract attention um, because it's something that I saw that the city was lacking, but I, I was never expecting you know, this much like excitement and feedback um, from New York. What is it about your restaurant that uh, has everybody so excited? I mean, media, uh, patrons, it seems like everybody's very excited about it. I want you to talk about that. I think it's a couple of things. For one, the concept within itself, it's like a chef's counter. So, you know, people are able to see me cooking. Um, people are able to talk to me and ask me questions. So I think this style of dining is something you don't see too often. Um, so I think people are excited about that. Also, the menu and what I'm doing with um, Southern and soul food, uh, the cuisine itself, and kind of transforming it into more like plant-based. So taking that route with the menu, I think people are excited about that as well. And yeah, just having all organic um, produce, um, my cooking techniques, and just people, I guess, being intrigued a little bit by what I'm doing. Yes, especially because you've only been open for a few months and I feel that you already have some instant classic dishes, uh, some signature dishes. So talk about those dishes and how you came up with them. So the lasagna is probably our most talked about dish. Um, So it's a Southern fried lasagna and I've basically taken a traditional lasagna and rolled it up, um, breaded it, deep fried it. Um, It's stuffed with like a a red wine bolognese and a pine ricotta. So that was really exciting and very flavorful. Um, Also cornbread, which I wasn't expecting people to be so excited about. But, you know, after talking to people and being open for a few months, I realized that you can't find vegan cornbread a lot of places, apparently. Um, So those, those two are probably our biggest hits. So cornbread usually isn't vegan? No, I think um, you usually put butter in it um, or a buttermilk. So the milk aspect of it and also the um, butter. So how long did it take you to replicate that whole buttermilk flavor of the cornbread to make it taste like what you grew up with? Or because you're from you're from the South. Yes, I'm from Virginia uh, originally. Mm -hmm. I went to culinary school, so I learned a lot of uh, tricks and techniques with plant-based cuisine. So it probably took me about five minutes. (laughs) Uh, But to replicate a traditional buttermilk, you just have to, um, you just use a little bit of um, apple cider vinegar and put it in your plant-based milk. 
Um, okay. So if you're doing an almond milk or soy milk or oat milk, if you just add a tablespoon of um, apple cider vinegar, that'll create the curds with real buttermilk. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this entire concept of cadence, vegan, soul food, Southern fare, it was all your vision. And I, I want you to talk about exactly how that came about. Uh, it was definitely a collaborative effort um, oh. with Robbie, who's the owner of Overthrow Hospitality. So all of our restaurants, we have about 10 in the East Village, they're all vegan. And this, you know, when I was approached with the question, hey, um, I have this space available. I know you're a chef. What concept are you thinking of? And um, he just kind of picked my brain. I'm like, well, you know, I don't see any vegan soul food in the city for the most part. Um, you get it in Brooklyn. There, there's a little bit in Harlem, but not in the East Village. Um, so I thought that was a perfect fit for me. And he was thinking the same thing. So, And is Ravi one of the, the founders of Death & Company or is it another uh, one of the founders of... of yes. uh, Okay. And that's kind of like, you know, like a hip little group with these ve uh, vegan restaurants. And so yours fits right now. So everybody's like very stylish and trendy, correct? Yes. Yes. I was actually a fan of the restaurant group before I started working there, before I even thought of applying to the company. I'm a fan of like more, I guess, upscale fine dining vegan food, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of places are just like takeout or hot bars. Um, and we're not able to get the same experience that most diners get when they go to restaurants. So I was really a fan of that um, component of the company. So let's talk about your personal style a little bit, because I know you went to Howard University, which is yes. a, a very stylish in itself. So um, <laughs> I mean, you're a very stylish young lady too, because I've seen your hats and I've seen you flexing <laughs> on, on the gram. So talk about that and how that plays into the decor of Cadence. Okay, so I thank you, first and foremost. <laughs> um, I, I am pretty stylish. Um, I've always been into like the recent trends. Um, I'm really into clothes and hats and sneakers. Um, as far as the, um, and yes, I went to Howard, so I learned a lot of things there. And also I'm in New York City, so I, I get, in, like you walk on the train and you see somebody in some cool sneakers and you're just like, wow, like there's so, there's so much, like style in New York and you just mm -hmm. it's walking runway, which is kind of how Howard mm -hmm. was too. Mm -hmm. um, so when it came to um, like decorating cadence, like picking out the napkins or the glassware and the plates, I kind of tapped into my own personal style with that. And I'm also a foodie myself. So I go out to eat to a lot of restaurants. Um, I'm really a fan of like nice decor when I go into um, certain places. So all of those things kind of tied in into um, what's going on in Cadence right now with the copper walls or like the marble bar and like the plates. And it was something I wasn't willing to compromise with. Like I wanted Cadence to be a place that I myself would enjoy eating at. And I hope that, you know, the diners experience that as well. So give me an idea of what one would expect when they're going to Cadence, what the atmosphere is like on a Saturday night, date night. Well, it's very intimate. Um, it's a very cozy space. Um, inside, we're only doing about, we're doing eight seats um, at the moment. Um, we'll see how things go with COVID. Um, so that's one thing. It's it's very small. It's intimate. Uh, after, after about 7 or 8 p.m., it does kind of change. We lower the lights, we dim the lights, and it's it's like a whole different restaurant compared to um, the daytime when people come. 
Um, and there's candles. Sometimes I have incense going off. So the smells are going. Oh, you can also smell the food. Um, we have an all black owned wine list as well. So diners get really ex excited about that. But I would say the overall vibe is just like, it, it's a little romantic. <laughs> it, it has its own uh, cadence to it as well. Um, so I think people will instantly feel that when they walk in. Talk about that soundtrack. What to expect to hear when you walk into Cadence or you know, you're settling in for an hour or two? It honestly depends on my mood. You know, I, I have a, a huge like musical palette. I have a background in um working in concert venues for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. But um I I don't know, like sometimes I'll play like Luther Vandross and Prince or other times I'll play like Toro y Moi, which is one of my favorite artists, or you might hear Solange or The Roots or Most Deaf, um, Afro Beats. It just kind of depends on the mood. But at well, night- Same taste of music. Exact yeah. same taste of music, I swear. <laughs> but you know, sometimes at night I might pick it up with the Afro Beats a little bit to try mm -hmm. to get the get the staff like going and like, you know, move to the beat and move a little bit more fast paced. So that all ties into it as well. And I know you're a big fan of Love Jones. That's one of your uh, favorite movies. And what a, what a nice soundtrack, right? Yes, yes, yes. We definitely have like the Lauryn Hill going sometimes and the Erica Baidu. Like I love my Neil Soul as well. Mm, same, same. Um, I want to get back to the beverage uh, program. And you said that you have all Black-owned wineries represented as well as spirits and craft beers as well. We don't have any uh, spirits or cocktails. Um, we are carrying Black-owned beers. There's just um, there's just a shortage going on in New York right now um, with the vendors, so that's on hold. But we are focusing on the um, Black-owned wines right now. Okay. And the Black-owned wines are not limited to the United States, which I absolutely love. So you're right. introducing people to global wines by black folks. So talk about where some of those wines are from. Yes, so we have um, we have a few South African wines and we also have a few from um, Zimbabwe as well. Hmm. And so we're we're just trying to and we 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 do rotate the wines as well. So it's possible that you know you may come one week and we you have like a South African wine and the next hmm. week you may have something from um, California. It just depends on the vendors and what's in stock. So we are rotating the wines as they come in and as the world opens back up. Um, I know a lot of people were, just our industry in general, a lot of people were having troubles um, getting access to like certain foods and certain wines, but things are reopening now. Uh, we're getting to a new normal. So with that, we're adjusting and adapting as well. Awesome. Zimbabwe? How Talk about Zimbabwe and Zimbabwe in wines and how you guys came across that i have a wonderful team at overthrow so we have a wine a beverage director his name is drew he's awesome and, you know when when figuring out cadence that's something i was very passionate about I'm like hey like i want an all black owned wine list and um he started researching and finding these wines um, we did a couple of tastings this particular wine from zimbabwe it's a uh, chenin blanc which is something I had actually never even had before or heard of. So I'm learning as they come in and- Sounds like fun education. <laughs> it's great. Like I'm learning about my food and I'm learning about how the wines actually pair with my dishes as well. But for the most part, all of our wines pair perfectly with everything on the menu. So you can't go wrong with any of our choices. 
Okay, let's get back to the food. Well, first of all, let's talk about Shinari Greens and how you got that nickname. I'm sure you got your asses a lot. <laughs> so Shinari is my real name. Um, the Greens aspect actually came from one of my fellow um, chef friends. Um, a couple of years back, I was trying to figure out like branding and marketing for myself. I'm like, how can I market myself? I really like my name, but I just feel, I just feel like it needs a little something more to it. And um, he's like, greens like you know you're vegan i think green kind of like you know symbolizes like vegetables and like what you're doing so just add greens on it it, it didn't really ring a bell like like i don't really it doesn't sound cool and then i just went with it anyways and then now it's a thing so that's how that came about are like greens one of your specialties too like collard greens or mustard or anything like that i eat them <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say a specialty. Um, my my specialty is definitely lasagna. Um, way before Cadence, that's what I'm known for making delicious mm. lasagna. Well, actually, yeah, salads are my thing too, and sauces, yeah. So uh, talk a little bit more about the menu and some of the ingredients and how you go about finding the unique ingredients I've seen on your menu. So the menu is 100% soy free. Um, that's something I'm just passionate about myself. Okay. I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of soy products, um, especially, you know, being plant-based. I think a lot of times people just resort to um, like the fake meats and the processed foods. And that's something that I'm trying to move away with and, you know, showcase that with my food. Some of the unique ingredients that we're using, I would definitely say maple crystals. It's probably like the most exciting thing um, to me personally. I know a lot of people, um, especially in, in our community, they struggle with like diabetes and things that are triggered from sugar and processed sugars. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really important to me to kind of introduce an alternative, which is maple crystals. Um, it's made from maple syrup. Um, it's crystallized and it's natural and it's not processed. So that I would say that's like my favorite component on the menu, which you can find in the cornbread. And we also use it in um, the champagne Dijon vinaigrette, which goes on the salad. Yum. <laughs> we can actually taste that in a sense. So you must be like a fantastic scientist. It sounds like it's a lot of food science going on with a lot of your dishes. Yes, um, it is. There, there's a lot. There's definitely a science to everything that I do and everything that I'm making. Um, and that's just something that I picked up and kind of polished in culinary school. You know, my chef instructors would always say, you're a food scientist. You're not just a chef or you're not just a cook. Like you're you're taking these things, especially with the plant-based um, world. You know, you're you're experimenting a lot. There's a lot of recipe development and you're playing with the flavors and you're seeing how dishes pair with um, other things and playing around with palates. Um, so I, I think, I don't want to say I've mastered it because I'm always a student of the universe, but it's definitely something that I've like been working on. I feel like, let's say maybe like the last four to five years that um, a lot of Black celebrities and notable other notables have really gotten on the, the vegan bandwagon. Is this is this a trend or are they seeing some type of benefits? Why are so many people black in the black community uh, becoming vegans? I think it can go both ways. I think, you know, for some people it is a trend. Um, some people 
will do like a fast or just like, you know, adapt like a vegan diet just temporarily for whatever reasons they may have. But, you know, with the amount of processed foods that just like the increase of processed foods over the past year, people are kind of stepping back a little bit and analyzing what they're putting into their bodies and also on your bodies. So, you know, I think as celebrities, they have like a bigger platform and a bigger voice. Once they kind of figure these things out, they want to share that with their community as well. Um, and I think it's great, you know, if it's done right and it's informative and it's um, meant to help other people, I think it's a great thing. I feel like Beyonce and Jay-Z are teetotalers, but Taraji Henson, I think she's really embraced the veganism. Um, I don't know if you know that, but I've noticed, and she pushes a lot in her products and she has a lot of different hair products. So uh, I find that, I find that really fascinating when, you know, 10 years ago, no one was really doing that on that scene, but they're really pushing forth like on their social media platforms and not necessarily, you know, they're pushing products beyond mm -hmm. their, you know, the hair products, but they're, but just eating healthier. And yeah. um, I think it's a long time coming, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially with like COVID happening last year, people are just like, let me stop and just reevaluate my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with everything shutting down last year, we had the time to do that. And so I think there's going to be a huge increase in the amount of like people going plant-based or, you know, people not even necessarily adapting a vegan diet, but, um, you know, just adding more fruits and vegetables to their diets as well. Speaking of trendy and everything, where's your restaurant located in New York? Uh, I'm in the East Village, 122 East 7th Street. Miss Lily's is right there. That's like a really popular staple of New York, which I learned recently. Um, what's, what's that like? What's that? Uh, it's like a Caribbean. It's like a Caribbean restaurant, oh, okay. so they attract a lot of attention. Hmm. Um, but we're just a few doors down from them. Oh wow! So this is like a very trendy, bustling neighborhood full of restaurants and bars and cafes. Yes. East Village itself has like a lot of different cuisines and like a lot of food choices. Uh, there's like a lot of Indian food over there. Over through hospitality, we give like the vegan aspect as far as restaurants. Um, there's Caribbean food. There's like uh, Mexican food, Chinese food. Um, it's almost like a mini New York to me. Hmm. But um, as far as 7th Street, there's a lot of restaurants, uh, cafes, bars, a lot of options on that street. And they actually shut it down. They, they blocked the street at five o'clock. So people, there's no traffic. So people are just walking and finding new places to eat. Oh, okay. So they blocked off the street and you can just walk up and down. And it's like kind of like a market for restaurants. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's, and as, as it gets warmer, when warmer weather happens, that should definitely be um, a fun place to go and check out different types of cuisines and drinks and everything. Yes, yes. It's a very yeah. uh, busy and exciting street to be on. <laughs> so speaking of New York, uh, of course, and trendy restaurants, what is the dining scene like for uh, Black operators? It's more abundant in Brooklyn um, compared to the city, but I am starting to see like a rise and an increase of um, Black-owned or Black-operated um, restaurants. And I try to support them as much as I can on my days off. 
how would you describe your audience? Is it a good mixture of everyone? Do you get mostly black patrons? I feel like a lot of women would come there and bring their dates. It's like the woman like, come on, we need to go to Cadence and we need to check this out. What's that like? I get a little bit of everything, honestly. Like I am, I, I'm always surprised and you know, my food's for everyone. So I welcome everyone and I treat everyone the same. But I, I definitely get a little bit of everything. Um, I definitely get black people that just want to come and support that aren't necessarily vegan, but they see that a black woman is running a kitchen. So they they love that and they're so supportive and I'm thankful for my community. Um, I also get um, people from my culinary school, people from Howard. I get people like friends from DC. I get uh, people that eat at our other restaurants. Um, foodies, food bloggers, like I get everything. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And I love that you have so much visibility in mm -hmm. the restaurant because you're serving people directly. So yes. what I, um, I forgot to ask you about the, that experience uh, when people were sitting right there. I think they love it. <laughs> um, I, I really think people enjoy asking me questions as I'm, as I'm cooking. Um, I get to explain every dish. Um, with the patrons and it's something that usually when you go out to eat you go and like for the most part you only see like the host the server the bartender mm -hmm. but with us you see everything and i think another aspect you know maybe you go to a restaurant and your food's taking a long time and like you don't know why but here it's like i see everything that's going on i get it it's clicking um so in a sense we're also teaching our patrons dining etiquette a little bit it's like huh like maybe the last time i went to some other restaurant or something maybe this is why it took so long because they have so many tickets um so that like i think we're teaching people just a little bit more about like how a kitchen is ran um and for me personally i just i'm a talker i love talking to people um i, I just love learning about people love where love figuring out where other people are eating at or like what's going on in the world or whatever you want to talk about. I love the idea of cadence. It sounds absolutely wonderful. I mean, the fried lasagna sounds like a dream. <laughs> lasagna is my favorite cuisine and I will eat it you know, any way. I don't care <laughs> if there's meat or not. I mean, it, it just, that was my attraction. You have some type of fries too. That's a specialty, right? No, no, I don't have any fries. No, I don't have any fries. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I remember when you were um, when you were preparing to open the restaurant. I remember seeing you uh, experiment with so many different foods. So it nice. may have just been some prep uh, stuff that I saw, but whatever it was, it looked delicious. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, any plans for the future? Um, as far as like you know, five years from now, any place where where do you see yourself? I see myself still here in New York hopefully opening um, other locations, not necessarily like a chain um, situation for Cadence, but hopefully opening more restaurants um, with this group. I mean, personally, I have my own personal goals. I want to buy a condo. So if anyone out there is watching, <laughs> can help a girl out, please do. Um, but definitely opening more restaurants. Um, I'm interested in also doing some recreational classes um, at my culinary school, the Institute of Culinary Education. Um, that's something I'm interested in. I wanna start like a um, 
Southern cuisine or soul food um, recreational classes, that's something that I didn't see in the program. So I have a few ideas um, and things that I want to do. And, you know, luckily as a culinary artist, like I'm not just limited to just being a chef. There's so many different avenues that I can take. Absolutely. Well, Shinari Greens, <laughs> it has been a pleasure chatting with you. I wish you all the luck in the world. I know that when this interview is over, you probably have a million more because you, they just keep rolling in. I feel you, you're such a big hit immediately. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, thank you for having me. Well, that does it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Chef Shinari Freeman, again, for joining me. We're back next Friday with another outstanding, talented, and of course, stylish culinary personality you don't want to miss. Thank you so much for listening to Feast and Fashion on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. I'm your host, Adasha Townsend. Meet me back here next Friday.